you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. going on everybody hey keep that up help me say hello to everyone online right now come on all family we love you guys it is such an honor for so good to, be here. to be so here to be here with you guys i just tell you something we're from the ie come on everybody you can tell right tatum's tattoo that's like an ie giveaway right there where i say little check out ie um i said the air is just better out here i just love yeah. like coming over the hill and like we moved from the, Orange, from the Orange County to the Redlands, as Carrie and Megan call it. Yeah. And, um, and I've been watching God do a mighty work out there in Redlands through a church that we pastor called Citizens. Incredible to watch what God's doing there. But I tell you what, um, this last year has been absolutely one of the most difficult years for anyone to walk through. And I think watching pastors and leaders walk through this last year season was really a, a proving ground. And Tate and I had a front row seat to watching Pastors Carrie and Megan uh, navigate everything that was thrown at a set up and tear down church, everything that was thrown at, at just a ministry in general. And can I tell you something, guys, you have some incredible leaders, the wisdom that God gave them in navigating all of those waters. Tate and I just jumped in their slipstream and said, lead the way, we'll follow along. And they're filled with wisdom. They are people that... They're so genuine. Yeah. They love you to the core, and yeah. they tell it like it is, and it's hard to find people like that. Can we just honor Pastor Carrie yeah. and Megan? We love them so much. They're dear friends. Dear friends. Yes, we are honored to be here today to end your relationship series, your Spill the Tea series. We are excited to be here. Do you want to show our family? Well, we do have about one. Us. We do have a family. Tatum. Yes. How long have we been married now, baby? We've been married in August. It'll be 24 years. So you know what that means. I know you think we're too young. I know that's what you guys were thinking. 24 years means we've got this all family. figured out. Not at all, Not everybody. Not at all, no. This is our family. This is my son on the right, Elias. And then we got our daughter, Raya and Cadence. Elias and Raya are, are heading at the end of this month to Birmingham, Alabama to finish school. So we've, we've shed some tears over that, but we're going to be okay. And um, everybody, we love this topic. Yeah. We love talking about marriage. Um, so that we know who we're talking to tonight, um, how many of you are married in here? Let me see your hand. You're married. Online, let your, let your hosts know. How many of you want to be married? Come on, somebody. You want to be married someday? Keep those hands up. We're going to be meeting out in the lobby afterwards. So y'all get to know each Do other. Do a little single right? mingle. Hey, would you guys pray with me? We're going to jump into this topic today. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you, God, and we just want to confess right now that we need to hear from you. Jesus, we ask for anointed preaching. Help Tate and I out right now, Jesus. But we also pray for anointed hearing. God, we want to lean in. You said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. There's something that is meant to happen in this moment that is more than just the physical hearing with our ears. So Jesus, we lean in to hear from you, Jesus, what it is you want to say to us on this topic of marriage, God. And um, we ask that you would be anointed. You would anoint every aspect of it. You'd be glorified in it. God, we confess that what we need is to hear from you. 
In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone agreed together and said a good hearty. Come on, everybody. Amen, amen. If you have a Bible, why don't you open it up with me over to Song of Solomon. When's the last time you went to Song of Solomon in your Bible? Go over to Song of Solomon. Um, we're going to be hanging out there. Uh, like every day. Uh, uh, yeah, right. You're there every day? <laughs> they're married. They're reading it every Come day. Come on. So they need to be. We're, they're going to now after they see this. Like, hook this up. So Tina and I have been married for 24 years. We've known each other for 30 years. Uh, well, gosh, what are you doing the math? Okay, about 30 years. And um, the reason, yeah, so I stalked her for five of those years to convince her to like me. And then, and then, and then finally convinced her to, to, to marry me. A lot of prayer, a lot of fasting, and God is good, somebody. Come on, amen. Come on, somebody. Um, I have three just stunning kids. Absolutely love this, this topic of marriage. But what I want you to know is we by no means have this all figured out. We're not trying to say we have it all figured out. Um, we're not here sharing as experts. We're here pointing you to Jesus, who, who is the one who sanctioned marriage, has, has um, created it, therefore is the one who tells us how it works. And so we want to point you to him uh, tonight. That's our big goal. We, we have, again, we, know, we, we haven't had this figured out from the beginning. We still don't have it figured out now. In, in the very beginning, uh, here's how we started our marriage is we got married, we went away, on our honeymoon, yes. and the very first night of honeymoon, woke up to, to Tatum sobbing in the bed next to me. That is a true that, story. That's the very first day of our, of our marriage, everybody. As I wake up to her crying. It wasn't because of him. I wasn't crying. But see, I didn't know that. You. I woke up, I went, how bad was last night? My goodness, why are you crying next to me? This is, this is, this is like, this is not a good start to marriage. And um, I got, missed my family. We were young. You I missed, missed your family. my family. Whatever. It wasn't you, babe. It, it was wasn't a, you. We just... Got home, fought about where to put the spatula, like like all out fight on where you're supposed to put. And her family, they put it here, and my family, but big deal. Um, she's broken a bag of rice over my head, thrown rocks at me before. We just have had, we've walked through we've stuff, lot, everybody. Yes. We're both very passionate. We're both. I say very we're passionate. Italian lovers. We fight That's hard right. and then we love hard. We're just, it's just how we do it. But here's one thing we know is that God created this, and so we turn to Him as the designer of it to show us how this all works. We just want to share with you guys some things, some principles on marriage that, that we've seen sit at the surface of our marriage over and over again that if we would point to and say, here's, I re we really do, we have an, an incredible marriage. I'm not, it's by God's grace, but we do. We, we have so much fun together. And I think what we want to try to do is invest in you some of the stuff we've learned over these last 25 years yeah. together. Yeah. All of us go into marriage with high hopes, right? Like you go in and you're, you're just so in love and you're planning the wedding and, and you just can't wait for that day. And you're just like, we're just going to grow old together. We get to have like sleepovers every night. Like this is going to just be so incredible. Like none of us go into it thinking, ah, in a few years from now, like I just want to be like roommates or I want to make you miserable. I want you to make me miserable. Like that's, that's not how we go into it, right? Like we have these high right. hopes right. that we want to have this incredible marriage. And God wants the same thing for us. Right. God actually cares about our marriage. He designed marriage and he wants the same thing for us. Tragically, right now, there are so many that miss out on what God has intended. I'm going to throw a couple statistics at you. One, six in 10 admit to being unhappy in their marriage. Four in 10 have considered at some point leaving their spouse. And one in 10 no longer trust their spouse. Now, I don't think when they started out, this is what they expected to happen when they got married. 
So we want to help you guys tonight just talk about some things about how we can avoid being a part of these statistics. We just want to share with you just some very practical things on how to help you have a successful marriage that isn't just surviving, but that you could have a marriage that is actually thriving. And, and the reality is well over 50% of marriages are, are, are ending in divorce. And it's just, it's what we saw coming out of COVID has put all this tension on marriages. And, and here's, here's what we're convinced of, okay? So here's where you can start taking some notes. Song of Solomon gives us this picture of love that I think we've forgotten. Okay? A picture of love that the world is actually tainted. Like when I say love in this context, in this culture, the, the, our brains go to a definition that is not actually love. Can, can I show you love in the way that God has intended it to be in, within, within marriage? In Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6 and 7, it says this. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, like, like tattoo me on you, yeah. like permanent. Yeah. There's no like, ah, well, you know, it's, it's one of those stick-ons that maybe someday I'll, you know, everyone got the little flags for 4th of July at our church. We're giving out to our kids and they like fall off. No, this is like permanence. Tattoo me on your arm, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death. How strong is death, everybody? One out of every one die. That's pretty strong. Like there's no getting away there's no getting away from death. It's jealousy is unyielding as the grave. In other words, it's jealous for the one loved. Not jealous of, but jealous for. I'm longing. And that longing is unyielding as the grave. It doesn't stop. Hey, listen, some of you think that you're supposed to pursue somebody until the day you get married. And then after that, you kind of just spend the rest of your lives hanging out. No. You date to decide whether or not you want to pursue them the rest of your life. Because see, when, what the Bible says is that the man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. You know what that word means? It's debak. It's the same word used that when one army chases relentlessly after another army, it debak, it's all passion and heart is running after the other army. And that's the picture given to a man and a wife. No, that day is the day that you actually committed to pursue each other the rest of your life. You're running relentlessly after one another the rest of your life. It yearns for them. It burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. If it were, if we were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it would be utterly scorned. Like, like... You haven't even come close to paying for what it's worth, right? So I want you to see the permanence, the consistency in it. Can I give you the biblical definition of what love looks like within a marriage? Love is, ready? It's not sexy. It's just true. Love is a commitment. Period. End of subject. Drop the mic. We're done. Going home. Love is a commitment. Period. To the one loved. It's a choice made to pursue relentlessly after the one loved, a commitment. Now, the world com has completely redefined what love is. Love's not a commitment. Love is a, it's an emotion. It's a feeling. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's based in what we get from the one loved rather than what we commit to the one loved. So I love you if. I love you if you're funny. I love you if you look good. I love you if you cook. Come on, somebody. I love you if you can make me laugh. I love you if, 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 if. It's not a commitment. It's an emotion. I love you if you could kind of make me feel right, okay? 
And this is what our, what our, what our world, how our world has tainted love. It's cheapened love. It's made love about me. It's made love about my laughter and my meals and my happiness. And those things are good and they're meant to be a part of it, okay? But it's cheap when that's the core of it. See, love is first a commitment and then an emotion. A commitment and then an emotion. So we've created this love in our society that has snuck its way into marriages that's decomposing and deconstructing marriages today. Um, you see these couples, I read this article about these couples now. The popular thing is, one of the things they do is that in the wedding vows, we say, um, instead of till death do us part, we say until love do us part, as though it's like this, like it, it's not as strong as death anymore. It's kind of like love, and it's based on their definition of it. Might until love do us part. Listen, if you have to say until love do us part, you don't understand what what love is, right? Um, as long as I love, no, it's as long as you live, yeah. right? If you say as long as I love versus as long as I live, you have no idea what love is. Because see, watch, watch. When a married individual says, "I've fallen out of love," you've heard of that before. Oh, we just have. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm walking on ground, right? Like some of you have maybe whispered these things. Your friends have whispered these things. But can I tell you something? When you say I've fallen out of love, you've, you've actually not fallen out of love. You've failed to love. Because love is not like a bathtub you fall in and out of or something. Love is a commitment. Biblical love doesn't fall out. It's all in, all the time, committed. I'm going at it with all of God. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not trying to take the joy out of love. We're not trying to take the passion out of it, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, some of you might be sitting here thinking, that word commitment doesn't sound, like you said, it doesn't sound sexy, it doesn't sound fun, but this is just the foundation of what creates a healthy marriage, of what you build a healthy marriage on. And we know that some of you sitting in this room right now, you might be going through some really hard stuff. And commitment does not sound fun. It doesn't even seem possible. You feel like your relationship maybe has been zapped of all the passion and all the emotion. Maybe you're even here today, you're online, you're contemplating divorce. You feel like you're at that point. Um, some of you may be facing just really difficult circumstances. And I want you to know that the best years can be ahead of you right. and not behind you. But the key to that is it's not going to be emotion. It's yep. not going to be how you feel that's going to get you through it and it's right. going to get you to the other side. It's going to be making the choice to be committed yep. to that person. Yep. That's what's going to get you through it. It's the, it's the commitment that lays the foundation for the joy and the passion. Everyone with me so far? So it's commitment. Commitment to pursue you. Commitment, yeah. right? So let me get, we're going to give you a couple quick things on, on what we can in, in marriages or someday you're going to get married. Like, here's what you're going to commit yourself to, okay? Here's what you're going to commit yourself to. The first thing you can commit yourself to, listen, you're going to commit to work through conflict. Write that down. So fun. Here we go. You're going to commit. You're going to commit to work through conflict. Conflict. The reason I bring that up is because you've got to understand there's going to be conflict. And if you get into a marriage thing, we're just going to skip happily off into the sunset and never have problems. You're mistaken. Yeah. There's going to be issues, all right? 
So there's got to be commitment to work through every single one of those issues. Whenever I do a wedding, I always, I always pull the couple aside, uh, uh, like the last meeting in the premarital, and I go, all right, listen, guys, I've been hanging out with you for a long time, and I got some concerns. This marriage has two massive problems. You, this, this, I, you guys are heading it, and here's your problems. You ready? It's you and it's you, all right? It's <laughs> two massive problems. Because you take, you take two imperfect people and you throw them into a home together and you say, <laughs> live together in peace and harmony, right? Yeah. Um, there's going to be issues. So watch, there's going to be hurt. Yeah. Somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. Somebody's going to sin. They're not going to, they're going to, they're going to miss the mark and it's going to cause pain. Okay, it's going to happen. So the question isn't, will there be hurt? Or will there be pain? Will there be wrong? The question is, what do we do when there is hurt and when there yeah. is pain and when there yeah. is wrong? Like, how, I need to know up front how to navigate those things. Tatum, I've, I've hurt Tatum. Tatum's done things that have hurt me. And we just, you have to figure out how to navigate those things. But here's what, here, I'm committed. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Well, I'm not just going to, oh, you hurt me. I'm going to, no, I'm committed to work through it. And can I tell you real quick, just, we're touching on these. I just want to give you enough to, to, to get you pursuing these points that we're giving you. Yeah. Um, but one of the ways you do that is, is it's a commitment to having what we like to call it's a gospel-centered marriage. Mm-hmm. And think about the gospel. Like in the gospel, what happens is one confesses and then the other forgives. There's a confession and there's a forgiveness. And, and you have to build into the rhythm of your marriage. We have to build in the rhythm of our, of our lives where one confesses and the other forgives. If that does not happen... If you don't have a gospel-centered marriage where it's like, have I caused offense, right? Mm-hmm. And the other one forgives. Then here's what happens is that you start to bury things. You ignore things. You sweep yeah. things under the rug. And, and you try to push down things that are really, that you've, you are offended. You have been hurt, but you're not actually telling them you've been hurt. You're not letting the gospel come alive and, and joy come alive in the marriage. You're kind of burying things. What happens is you plant a splinter, and then it festers, and it turns, and then it's sick, and it feels gross, and you don't know why. Well, it's because you don't have a gospel-centered marriage where, where you can be honest about that hurt me yeah. and honest about, yeah. hey, well, I'm having a hard time forgiving you right now, but I'm going to work on it and just get that stuff out. What happens, and I see it over and over again, is marriages are going along. They're having a, here they are together pursuing one another. Something happens in a conflict, and instead of talking in a gospel-centered way of confession and forgiveness and working back toward one another, they ignore it. And, and all of a sudden, they're sitting in my office eight years after their marriage, and you're like, what in the world? Let's go. And we wind it back to the moment where there was offense without gospel present, yeah. right? Gospel allows you to say, I, I, I was wrong. Yeah. Gospel allows for forgiveness, okay? So one of the things you need to be talking about is, hey, have I offended you anyway? Is there any hurt that I've, uh, I've caused you? right? I'm going to own the pain that I've caused you. I'm going to own the hurt that I've brought into this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to justify it. I'm going to own it. Okay. So that's the offender's job. I need to own it and and don't belittle it. Look him in the eye. I'm sorry. And I'm going to repent means I'm going to do all I can to change this. Okay. And move forward. Then the offended one needs to learn to forgive. What's forgiveness mean? It means that I no longer, I'm, I'm going to try to no longer hold it over you. It's not that I don't think about the thing, but when I think about the thing, I'm not going to think about the thing holding it over you, right? Come on. Because here's what you do. Here's what you do is that you hold them in the courtroom of your mind, 
on, on trial, and then you decide, well, what they did to me deserves this, silent treatment, blah, 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 fill in the blank. Well, when forgiveness happens, it means that I'm no longer holding that penalty over you any longer. I'm gonna, when I think about it, I'm thinking about letting it go. I'm gonna let it go, I'm gonna let it go. There has to be a gospel-centered approach to the conflict within, within your marriage. Um, so one confesses, the other forgives. One confesses, the other forgives. And you have to live in that place where it's all continually brought up to the surface. Some of you have been burying things. This is, this, you've been burying things for a long time. And can I tell you something? You, you want peace in your home, but you don't actually have peace in your home. Because what you have is a diplomatic peace. But God wants to give your marriage more than a diplomatic peace, right? You're walking on eggshells to keep the peace. That's not peace. Peace is gospel at the center. We could just lay it all out there. That hurt. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Get it? There are things that we need to work through, just like Chris is talking about. There's conflict in our marriages that needs to be dealt with. But I think a big part of conflict in our marriages is, us, is often we are so easily offended. Yeah. I think that a lot of us make conflict out of everything in our marriage, right? We're offended over everything. You didn't put your shirt away. I'm offended by that. You didn't call me at lunchtime. I'm offended by that. Like we Are you are you talking to me right now? No, or is I will go oh, later. Okay. Oh, okay. I do Great. I do have it later, but it's not yet. It's not yet. But we need to have grace in our marriages. We need to have grace on one another. Guess what? They're gonna do stupid things and you're gonna do stupid things. That's just a part of it. We're gonna mess up, right? We're going to not clean up after ourselves. This is where I talk to you. When, okay? <laughs> He is amazing and great at so many things. He will tell me every day that he loves me and how beautiful I am, but he I love will you. not put a shirt or hang a shirt up if his life depended on it. It frustrates me to no end because it's like I put it there and I can't find it. Where did, she, where did it go? She's got no, it. No, no. The there's one time where I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just going to let it pile up. I'm not washing it, I'm not hanging <laughs> it up. And then I couldn't let it go. It was like two weeks and he just had this pile and he was happy and fine. With I knew it. where I'm everything like, was, everybody. I knew everything was. You know, we can get so easily offended by everything. Yeah. They might forget your birthday. They might say dumb things. One of you is going to be in a grumpy mood. It's just a part of life, and we have to have grace on each other. Don't create conflict over everything. Be particular about the things that matter. Um, I remember when we were first married, I mean, I would, like, waste days and weeks giving Chris a silent treatment, and it's stuff right now that I can't even remember what it was. It was probably something dumb, and it was so little, but I would hold on to that thing. And, you know, the longer we've been married, I realized, like, I don't want to waste days and times and weeks, yeah. right? Like, I want to let things go quickly. As a matter of fact, James 1.19 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, that you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So, so let God's word be our guide regarding conflict. Slow to get angry, so to, slow to speak, but very quick to listen and quick to forgive. If the second thing that we want to talk about is a commitment to communicate. I am surprised. We've talked to a lot of couples and we're surprised by the lack of communication that takes place between couples. Um, I think communication is often overlooked and underrated. Uh, communication is an open exchange of our emotions and our desires. It's a time where you as a couple, where, where you sync up. Um, communication helps reduce stress and confusion uh, and frustration in your marriage because you're not left wondering what they're thinking. 
Um, communication shows that you care about your spouse and that you're interested in them and what's happening in their life. And so I'm gonna ask you, when is the last time that you talked to your spouse? And I'm not talking about the, how was your day, fine, how was soccer, soccer practice, good, but like really talked with your spouse. When's the last time you exchanged your thoughts, your emotions, your frustrations, your needs, talked about how you were feeling, what you were struggling with, what's going on at work, what are the dreams in your heart? When is the last time you've had those kind of conversations with your spouse? Because communication is vital and it's essential to a healthy marriage. Here's some practical ways to strengthen your communication. And I know sometimes for men, not for Chris, he's a good communicator, he's a great communicator. Uh, some men, though, have a hard time. They're not super talkative, um, and communication can be a, a little bit more difficult. But here's just a couple things that we want to help you. Um, in communication, you are seeking to understand your spouse. What makes them tick? What drives them? It shows that you are genuinely interested in their life and you really care about what's going on. So when you sit down to communicate, don't just talk about yourself and what happened to you in your day, but really show that you care about your spouse by asking questions and being a good listener. Um, communication throughout the day is huge. You've got to be one another. You know, I'm telling you, the world will beat you up, right? So you gotta be each other's biggest fans, each other's biggest cheerleaders. Um, I'm gonna speak to you men right now real quickly. Um, women need to know that you love them. They need to know they're valued. I think oftentimes women might feel like they love their husband more than their husband loves them. And so a constant reminder, compliment your wife. Tell her that she's beautiful, you love what she's wearing, you love what she's done with your hair. Compliment your wife. Um, throughout the day, when you think of her, send her, send her a text. Let her know that she's the most important person in your life. Acknowledge her at the end of the day. Ask her, how was your day? What happened today? How did everything go with the kids? Send texts saying, I love you. Just have that constant communication with your wife, letting her know that she's valued and that she's cared for. Tatum sent me a text one time. She's like, honey, I just want you to know you're my knight in shining armor. I love you so much, blah, 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 you know, this whole thing. And I sent her back, I went, who, who is, is this? <laughs> I was with a friend and it was like this big buildup that I was gonna send him this sweet text and so I send it and then this is the response I get. Girls, uh, your man, listen, in communication, your man needs to know, hear from you words of affirmation, okay? As confident as he might come across, he needs to know that you believe in him, yeah. right? Um, that you're his biggest fan, that you're, you're there to, you're, you know, his biggest cheerleader, right? Um, I need you to understand, he's becoming what you're speaking over him. If you're constantly telling him that, you know, all he is is a loser and all he is is lazy and all he is is, that's it, all you're going to get is lazy, right? Well, I don't know why he's always, he's always doing nice things for the neighbors and he's always, you know, mowing their lines. Well, because when he does it for the neighbor, they praise him and they bless him and they thank you. But when he does it for you, it's, well, it's about time, you know. <laughs> he's becoming what you're speaking about. Guard that. I'm very, very serious. Um, no opinion matters to me more than the opinion of my wife, right? I get off a stage after preaching or anything like that, and it's like, I don't care what anyone has to say. Tatum, how would, how'd it go? What would you say to me? I want you to know that your man, deep down inside, he needs that affirmation from you. Um, 
Another big aspect of this whole communication thing is what Tate and I like to call it syncing up. Yeah. Like you need to stay in sync. Remember the illustration I used of are you pulling together, are you, pulling, are, are you growing apart? That, that pursuing one another and growing together happens in a constant syncing up with one another, okay? Yeah. And you need to build it into your, like I'm, we're just sharing, this was in our life, right? This is why I think we have such a great marriage is there's this pursuit to sync up. And so that's everything. Um, we do this, and you got to calendar it. Yeah. Um, every single Monday, we're syncing up. For sure, no matter what, we're doing it often more throughout the week, but every Monday, we're sitting down, and it's sync up time. Well, what does that mean? Okay, that means we're talking, like, how are you? Are you okay? How did, how, how's everything at work? Did, did the kids last week, you know, how insane did they drive you? You know, like, where are you at on that scale right now? And <laughs> Like, talk to me. We're syncing up. Wait, this is where you sync up calendar. I mean, this seems so like, trivial. It's not. Like, you got to get each other on the same calendar. Like, you're like, I didn't know we were doing that on Monday. Well, why? I wanted to do that. Like, that kind of stuff. We're syncing that up all on Monday. I'm telling you, it'll make your life so much better, right? You sync up um, desires and dreams. Yeah. Sync that stuff up. Hey, where do you see us in the next six months? Where do you see things in the next year? We annually get together and we look at the next five years. Where are we going in five years? What's the dream for our kids? What's the dream for Elias and Ryan and Cadence? How can we help them get there? What's the dream for our marriage? What's the dream for our finances? What's it? And we do that. Listen, and I tell you, we literally we write it down every year. Next five-year goal, next five-year plan, next five-year dream. And it's one of the funnest things we do. And we let that guide us through the year and the decisions we make. We're synced up, you see. We're not two people pulling in two different directions. We're two pulling as one, yeah. right? And it's because we sync up constantly. And if you're not doing that, I'm telling you, the enemy is in the, the play, you're giving him a playground. And the playground is as big as your lack of communication, wow, okay? Yeah. You've got to close that playground down. Like close, yeah. forget business. You don't get to play here in the lack of, in the lack of communication. Dream together, talk together, count together, finance together. Everything is done. Say it with me. Together. Say it with me. Together. Okay? You don't get to say, well, I'm doing my own thing. You're married. You do it together. Right? Amen? Okay, so commitment to communicate. And our last one is a commitment to fun. And I know that might seem like, well, what is that? That marriage is meant to be fun. It's meant to be enjoyed. And I feel like so often as couples, it can become business as usual, right? Like you've got your routines, you've got your flow, you go to work, taking the kids to soccer practice, you're helping with homework, like you just, you got to mow the lawn, like you just have all these things that you're so busy with that you forget to have fun. Life just gets routine, it gets heavy, it gets serious. But do you remember when you were dating? And like you could not wait to get off work so that you could see each other. Or at night, you just, you didn't want to hang up, right? Like you just sit and like, you Breathe hang up Breathe on the first. phone. No, you, no, no, you. You hang you, up. No, you, you hang, hang up. up no, you hang up first. Then you'd fall asleep on the phone together, right? You would laugh. You would be adventurous together. You just, you enjoyed one another's company. You would send each other like. Back in our day, it was like love notes, you know, pen and paper love notes. But Tate and I had, like had a love journal. Like, crazy love. The crazy love journal. Used to yeah. have it. I would, I would write, that, hey, those of you who are dating, this is incredible. I would write a little letter to her yeah. in it and give it to her. And then she would write a letter and give it to me and back and forth and back and forth. And, and we, would, we created, we called it a crazy love journal. And to this day, we still have it, you yeah. know, and we've carried that on in yeah. our marriage. Yeah. So let's start. 
a crazy love journal. That would be incredible to start with. You bring flowers, but all these things that you do when you're dating are not supposed to stop when you get married. It's supposed to just be the beginning. It's just ramping things up once you get married. And so go have some fun together. And the first part of that is you've got to take the time. You're never just going to have the time, right? You're like, going to be like, well, you know, if I don't have anything to do this weekend, then we'll hang out. You have to make the time to spend with one another. You have to make it a priority. It's an investment. You want to invest into having some fun together. So put down the work, right? It's always going to be there. The laundry, the dishes, it's always going to be there. You can leave the kids. They're going to be okay. The best thing you can give your kids is a healthy marriage to see mom and dad go out and That's have some right. fun together. So say no to the friends, say no to some things so that you can say yes to the most important relationship to this thing. So I want you, we want you guys to calendar that stuff. Like, like a, a married couple should be dating at minimum every other week. Aim for every week, at minimum every other week. Go have stinking yeah. fun together. Like we laugh, we, we just, man, we're, we're like kids. We just, and I want to be like that the rest of my life. We're just going to go have some fun yeah. together. Our kids are at this place where, like, do we have to go on another adventure with you guys? Do we have to go? Because we just love going to have fun. Right? No, you don't. Mom and I will go. We're fine, right? We'll have some fun, right? Um, so build it into your calendar. Um, go on. So we try to aim for it once a month. We're going to go do a night away together. Just, hey, we're going to be out. And I love what Tatum said there. Don't let that pass you over. Oh, but the kids. The best thing you can give them is a healthy marriage. Go have some fun together. You get rid of that guilt, right? That shame that, that people give you on. Go have some fun. Um, we're out we're out with our Jeep all the time. Yeah. We're out, what else are we doing? We're hiking. hiking. We're down here at the beach together. all the We just love going out and having fun and, yeah. and laughing and spending that time. Some of you are like, I don't got the money for that. It's so tight right now. Find some free things to do. It's like, kids, you are going to bed right now. It's only six o'clock. That's all right. You're going to bed right now. <laughs> Mom, Mom and dad are going to hang out tonight. It's and a blackout curtain. Do like a, bla- yeah, do like a, we used to do, ser- we called them cereal yeah. dates. Hey, baby, you want to go on a cereal date? Yeah. Okay. And we put the kids to bed and we go downstairs and literally pour cereal at candlelight. You know what I mean? And just like hang out and romance each other. Just have some fun and tell the kids they're not allowed to come out of their rooms. Um, <laughs> build that in. I want to say this too is keep it fresh. Some of you need to hear that. Like, you need to, so routines put you in autopilot, yep. and it takes away the fun when it's routine. So, like, remember, like, when you first got your driver's license, it was, like, the most amazing thing? I got my driver's license. It's so fun. And now driving is like, ah. Some of you can do it while sleeping. It's incredible, right? <laughs> you, get, you get to where you're going, like, how did I get here? You forgot. Like, you don't even remember yeah. the whole, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's because it's become routine. And so what you need to do is in this area of fun in, 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 your, mar- in your marriage is, is keep it fresh. Go do things you've never done before. Go to places you've never been before. Go just keep it fresh. Be creative. And you're like, well, I'm not creative. Like, well, you will be once you see what it'll do to your marriage, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like pack a picnic lunch. Go surprise one another. Go like, flirt with each other in new ways. Like whatever it is, just get creative you know and so question for you is like has this grown stale or are you keeping things fresh keep things fresh so under this fun category i'm also going to tag this get physical all right and someone someone said amen in here 
So we do a, Tate and I do a whole thing on this, and maybe we'll come back someday and, and do a whole thing on this. But let me just give you the, the, the two highlights that everyone wants to, wants to chat about. I want you to write down this as your new favorite Bible verses, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 5. God giving direction in the area of sexual intimacy. And what he tells us there is that you are to fulfill each other's sexual needs. There is a duty on a, on a man and a woman that they fill one another's, fulfill one another's sexual needs. And it's supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be regular, all right? So what can we do? What can't we do? And all those kinds of things. Listen, what you need to realize is that scripture is saying you go figure that out as you honor one another, care for one another, and adventure together. The marriage bed is undefiled, the Bible says, okay? Can I get a better amen? Amen. Other people ask all the time, well, well how often? Well, you, it's often enough to be biblical. And biblical, in that scripture, in that passage, he says to satisfy one another's desires. So how often? I don't know. Are you fulfilling each other's desires? If not, it's not often enough. The physiological makeup of, of, a, of a man is every 72 hours. I always, at every church I've ever pastored or any, I always get, every, every guy thanks me for the 72-hour rule. It's like, that's just the rule, that. 72 hours. Sometimes in our home, I'm like, baby, it's every 48 hours. It's like, I, I had a guy come to me, Pastor Chris, remember that message you preached about the 24-hour rule? I love the 24-hour rule, right? Here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. Every time I sit with a, marriage couple, a married couple and I'm doing premarital, it'll be the first thing I ask you, when's the last time you're intimate? Why? Because that is often a litmus test as to what's going on in the marriage. Because if that's not healthy, it tells me there's other things that have unraveled in the marriage. And you haven't been able to work through those things to bring yourselves back to a place of intimacy together. Um, keep it fun, everybody. The marriage is meant to be fun. And here's the core of all of it. It's a commitment to keeping Jesus at the center. Like... I'm telling you right now, you could have a good marriage. You could have a good family. You could have a good, you could have, you could go build good all day long. But God wants more for you than good. He wants great. And you can't have great if God is not at the center of it. The world has built good, but God wants to give you better. And it happens when Jesus is at the center. And I could honestly say it about Tate and I's marriage is that in who we are as a couple and in all that we pursue, we're pursuing Jesus with all of our hearts. So I know that no matter what happens, she's pursuing Jesus with all of her heart. She knows that whatever happens, I'm pursuing Jesus with all of my heart. And I already hear that some of you are like, but my spouse is not. Listen to me, let me set you free. You cannot control them. You're not expected to control them. God doesn't ask you to control them. You're not in control of them, but you are in control of you. You do what only you can do, and you pursue Jesus with all your heart in the middle of the marriage. Honor him in what he's put you in. And you will watch God do miracles in your midst when you keep him as the center. And you can't make him the center of this until he's the center of this. You can't make him the center of this relationship and of your marriage until he's the center of your life. This relationship, the marriage relationship, begins to flow and come alive and experience everything it's meant to be when your relationship with God is made right. So I'm telling you right now, some of you are praying for a better marriage, <laughs> but you've yet to fully surrender certain areas of your life to Jesus. And you're never gonna see this come alive 
And so you let God bring life to those dead things and those dying things that are inside of you right now. So where is it that the Spirit of God today would say, I know we're talking about this, but can we talk about that? Trust him there. Open every room of your life to him. And you watch the refreshing, rejuvenating power of God begin to work in every relationship in your life. You get that right. You get that fixed. No hiding. Let God into every single area of your life. Some of you got a junk drawer. You don't want, to, you don't want God to get in your junk drawer. It's time to let God into your junk drawer. You got closets that you've, you've hit, you hide stuff. Just like, listen, get that all out. Let him into every space and invade everything in your life. And you watch God bless. You watch God heal. Can I get a better amen? amen? Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for, for marriage, the institution of marriage, God, that you gave us this beautiful relationship that a man gets to enjoy with a woman and a woman with a man, God. And, and the beautiful picture it is of, of God, you told us that, that the church is your bride. It's a picture of the, of the church and the church's relationship with you. And God, we don't want to mess this up, Lord. We want to do this well. And so we ask for your grace in that. We ask for your help in that, God. The places where we need to be strengthened, would you strengthen us, God? The places where, God, there needs to be confession. God, we want to bring it before you. God, help us to sync up, God. Help us to work through conflict, God. Help us to have fun, Lord, just to stay committed, to stay pursuing one another, God. And we look to you to give us all we need to do, all that you're asking us to do. And God, we thank you that it can just get better and better and better, every aspect of it. But tonight, right now, in this moment, God, we want to ask that you would, you would deal with us. God, we want to go further with you and deeper with you, God. We want to open up our lives up to you in greater ways, Lord Jesus. And so right now, Lord, before you, we want to ask that if there's any place in our life that is yet to be yielded to you fully, God, would you show it to us? We want to confess it to you and open it to you. So that, God, you could do what only you can do in those places in our life. Right now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, those of you listening online, if you're just joining me in prayer right now. Listen, if you've never made your relationship with Jesus right, it's the relationship that you first need to pay attention to. The Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every single one of us. We've gone our own way. We've done our own thing. And, and that has caused us to live in now separation from God. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. It's separation from God. It's a separation in the here and now, and it's a separation that will last for all eternity if it's not dealt with in the here and now. Well, friends, Jesus came to deal with that separation by going to the cross on our behalf, taking upon himself what we deserve for our sins so that we can be, beautiful word, forgiven of our sins, washed, cleansed. It means he would no longer hold over us the penalty of our sins. Jesus died so we could be free. And he rose again, friends, to lead us into life. Some of you today need to say yes to Jesus for the very time. Some of you need to confess to Jesus places in your life that have wandered from him. And I just want to give you a moment to do that right now as I lead you in a word of prayer. 
So if you need to say yes to Jesus, you need to surrender to him again. Would you let me lead you in a word of prayer? You say this, say, Lord, I thank you that you love me right where I am, but I know that you have more for me. And so today, I want to surrender to you. I'm done fighting. I'm done wandering. Today, I simply say yes. I thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross on my behalf and taking upon yourself what I deserve for my sins. And I thank you for rising again from the grave to lead me into life. Fill me with your spirit and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.